Oh, welcome to Crowdsourcing the Revolution. Today, we're going to go over a few things about elections, <clears throat> what you need to know and what really is kind of extraneous information unless you're a political analyst. Uh, got Derek here to help me out, ask me questions if I get stuck or somebody else does. Uh Appreciate you yeah, being a, here. Got a question. 27th, 2022. Hey. <laughs> um, I just want to, I don't want to do a whole bunch of talking about statistics and things, but I, I do want to, I do want to return to something that I thought of the first, when I first got on to call in, which is these stupid people in office are not doing a good job. Let's, Let's vote everybody who's an incumbent out and put everybody who's not an incumbent in. And what would that look like in terms of the numbers for the balance of power of the two major parties? Well, it became quickly clear that unless I had started sometime in January this year rather than April or May, I might have been able to help on the campaigns of some of the candidates who were not the corporate party candidates because there were quite a few candidates in the primaries that were not redemicans or republicans or whatever you want to call them um, including 21 different parties now that primary season is over with the exception of Louisiana, and we may return to that later. But primary season is over, so who'd we end up with? Have we ended up with just the Republican and the Democrat, just the corporate candidates? What has happened at this point to have who's going to be on the ballot? Bad news? Well, let's start with good news. Good news? you won't be surprised. It's mostly Democrats and Republicans who will be on ballots in November. And I do want to say that it, there are, is a growing number of libertarians, specifically in a few states, there's a lot of libertarians. And in those, in those races, people are going to have three people to choose from, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian. There's also about 90 independent candidates across the country who have um, gotten themselves onto their November ballot in their districts. So at least there's a little bit of good news. There's four green candidate, green party candidates that are going, that are be on the ballot in um, November. And like I said, about 90 independents, a lot of write-ins on the independents. And I'm going to um, let you know that in the show description, there's a link to a Google Sheets that I've been tracking kind of and updating. I added, I added the endorsements from the Sierra Club. If there's a candidate that's been endorsed by the Sierra Club, that's now on the spreadsheet. Since the last time I did a show, I think that I added an update 
tab and a table of contents that makes it easy to click to different sheets. And hopefully, if anybody's actually using that other than me, they find that useful. Uh, I want to briefly go over the different kinds of primaries because I think this is where some of it's clear to me that there's not a, very many people who would argue that there's a problem with what's happening with our democracy. There are lots of ideas about how we can solve those problems. And I think one of the ways we can look at solving that, the duopoly issue, is to revamp our primaries. In the United States, every state has a different process for primaries. Some of them are open, meaning you don't have to be a member of a party in order to vote for a candidate for that party. Some of them are closed. You can only vote if you are a member of the party and you can only vote for that party. Semi-closed, which is kind of a hybrid. And then the other kind of primary is a top two. And that's what Washington State, California, Nebraska, and one other state I always seem to forget um, have top two. What I've noticed about the top two primaries is if you've only got, if, if you've got a bunch of candidates of all different parties, everybody votes for one, you're still going to end up either with a Democrat, Democrat in California or Democrat Republican because it is not very likely that one of the non-corporate parties is going to get enough votes to end up in the election in November, because it's the top two vote-getters is, is who goes on the ballot. All of that to say, it's very disappointing that we will not have more outsider people on the ballot and that those people are going to be difficult to um, support, especially if you can't vote for them specifically. And all of us only can vote for one specific representative out of the 435. And this is where I make my plug again. Please pay attention to your local races, whether it's state, county, city, or other local agency, school board. These are all offices that the deadlines have passed already for the November election. And so you should be able to find out who it is that you're going to have a chance to vote for in November. And even though it doesn't feel like you're doing much by voting, you can do more by looking into who's on the ballot and even helping them out or talking about it with your friends and neighbors who will also be voting for that same person. I think that's essentially my monologue for now. There is another element of fixing our elections, and I don't mean fixing like making sure a certain person wins. I mean repairing, revamping, reforming, and that's uh, ranked choice voting. If this is not something that you are familiar with, um, it's only complicated if I try to explain it. So what I'm going to do, just to give an overview, and we can talk about it in more detail if folks have questions now, or we can pick it up at another time, because part of what I want this 
show to be able to do is give people a place to talk about how what kinds of approaches we might take to, you know, make things a little bit less fucked up. That's technical talk. Uh, so ranked choice voting. Here is a little clip that kind of explains what it is. If I can, there we go. Here's the thing I never want to have to do again. Vote for the lesser of two evils. But every time an election rolls around, we end up with the same two choices over and over and over again. Instead of positive, issue-focused campaigns that encourage us to vote for the person we like the most, we get mudslinging, outrageous lies, fear-mongering, and campaigns that make half the country hate the other. How is it that in a country with so many different people and ideas, we keep getting stuck with the same two options? It's no accident. The way we vote only ever gives you two choices who have any real chance of winning. It's literally built into the system. On the surface, the American system makes a lot of sense. Every citizen gets one vote, and the candidate with the most votes wins. But it also creates a huge flaw called the spoiler effect. Here's how it works. Let's take the entire electorate and boil it down to 100 voters. And let's put everyone in order of their political preferences. The most conservative on the right, the most progressive on the left, everyone else falls somewhere in between. Now, when we've got just two candidates to choose from, the folks on the right vote for the Republican, those on the left vote Democrat, and the 5 to 10% in the middle who might vote either way end up tipping the election. But what happens when you introduce a third-party candidate? If that candidate is progressive, the progressive vote is split between two good candidates, and the conservative wins. If they're conservative, their vote is split, and the progressive wins. Voters get that by voting for that third-party candidate, they make it more likely that their least favorite candidate is going to win. So rather than voting for the candidate they like best, most voters choose the lesser of two evils. In this system, the winning candidate almost always wins with support from less than half of the votes. They don't even have a majority of support, yet they win and represent the whole electorate. And this is how we pick the most powerful human on the planet? Come on. Repeat this pattern over and over, and you can quickly see how we get a race to the bottom. Here's the good news. There's a small tweak we could make that lets you vote for whichever candidate you want without having to worry about the spoiler effect. It's called ranked choice voting, and here's how it works. Instead of choosing just one candidate, you rank candidates in order of preference. If your first choice is mathematically eliminated, your vote automatically goes to your backup. Let's look at how this would work using the example of the... Uh, 2016 presidential election. Say you're a conservative who wants to vote for Gary Johnson. In our current system, you probably felt pressure to vote for Trump because you didn't want to split the conservative vote and elect Hillary. But with ranked choice voting, you just put Johnson first and Trump is your backup. If Johnson doesn't win, your vote is automatically transferred to Trump. Or say you're a progressive who loves Jill Stein. Instead of being forced to use your one and only vote on Hillary, you could put Stein first and Hillary is your backup. You get it. The beauty of ranked choice voting is that it lets you vote for the candidates who most closely align with your values and gives America a much clearer picture of what the electorate really wants. No more settling for the lesser of two evils. You can vote your conscience without hurting your own interests. So now you're probably thinking, that sounds amazing, but that's never going to happen in the US. But here's the twist, it already has. 
RCV is already in use in cities across America, and Maine just changed their statewide elections to RCV. We're bringing conservatives and progressives together to pass more laws just like this, state by state, so we can fix America's corrupt political system from the bottom up. These laws are based on model legislation called the American Anti-Corruption Act. They fix our broken elections, stop political bribery, and end secret money. Go to www.represent.us to join us. Okay, so that was just a little a little explainer from represent.s that has been working on this issue. There is a uh, there is the Fair Representation Act, which is being sponsored um, in Congress by I'm looking for it right here. Um, You know how complicated things are in this country? I have to go 17 different tabs to find where I have that link. Amanda. Yes, sir. I was pretty sure that was put out by Represent Us just because I'm familiar with them. Uh -huh. um, but was that, a, was that a celebrity of some sort, the, the voice? No, I don't think so. Well, that's a good sign. And it's from a couple of years ago, so I'm not I'm not sure. It was one of the better explainers that I found. Um, the the fair representation um, legislation. I want to say Rashida Tlaib. Fair representation. And I want to return to another another. Um, point that I continue to make over and over again, which is, which is that it's really important to recognize that if you want to make change in the country, there's probably already an organization working on it. And it might be the case that you can, um, that you can join up with people that are already working on something like this. So Fair Representation yeah. Act. The Anti-Corruption Act specifically, I, it's still shocking to me that in leftist circles, people aren't talking about the Represent Us organization and, and the efforts of the people pushing a lot of this stuff. I, I don't understand um, if they're just completely unaware or they dismiss it as unimportant. I can't tell. Derek, you might be that leftist. Who knows? <laughs> For sure. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just a, uh, what was I called not too long ago? A real leftist. Yeah, an op. Hey, can I just say that um, I was just taking the time to check out what we got for Minnesota. Um, for the governor's ticket, we have, you know, we have Democrat Tim Walz, who's the current um, uh, governor. And then we got Matt Burke, who is the lieutenant governor, or the one that's running for lieutenant governor with Scott Jensen. Scott Jensen is a doctor here in the Twin Cities. Supposedly, he's one the sort of best doctor in Minnesota or Twin Cities before. And Matt Burke is a an ex football player. Um, those ones aren't as interesting. We have a grassroots 
legalized cannabis party of Minnesota. Um, we have an independence party of Minnesota. I don't know what they do, but I can only imagine that the grassroots uh, legalized cannabis party. Well, the thing is, we're, we're heading there. So it's not legal yet, but we're heading there. Um, there's the legal marijuana now party. So I don't know why these people don't work together. Um, and then we have the Socialist Workers Party. Um, and there's a, a lady by Gabriel Proser who is running for the governor. And I was just checking her out. And she she looks, it looks like she's, you know, doing her thing. There's a picture of her and with like a, a heading that says Gabriel Proser left Socialist Workers Party candidates for Minnesota or candidate for Minnesota governor. Uh, discusses with Krista um, Chloe to something at her Twin Cities apartment May 22nd. Krista told Proser uh, she was hit with a $50,000 hospital bill when her baby was born prematurely before her health insurance kicked in. Um, and uh, Proser, and then, yep, and then she says uh, workers need to fight for universal health care. So, Proser's out there doing it, um, you know, talking with people, it seems, and fighting for universal health care. So um, that's kind of cool. And then we got two marijuana parties. Now that I I don't understand why these people don't work together. <laughs> or maybe they are working together. One from the left, one from the right. Maybe. It's possible. So, um, Amanda, you said uh, 90 independents at the national About, level, right? yeah. Was there a tally on the libertarians? Yeah, about 60. So what, what does that say to you? Well, it says to me they're more organized than the Greens, who only have four. Yeah. It also says there's probably ballot access issues. Yeah. I mean, I think there's I think there's no question that this country would like to have more than two options when it comes to who's really got the power. And we're starting to make some inroads. Mm -hmm. If you look at the if you look at Ballotpedia and and the trends across time. We're actually doing better, but it's just uh, so a couple of things I've recently read say that the founders essentially accidentally created the perfect structure that will always reduce to two parties. And I don't know if that's true. I don't know that it's not true. Gee, I wonder if the um, person who expressed that opinion happens to be a Democrat or a Republican. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I'm assuming yes. So uh, the, those independent numbers uh, tell me that uh, leftists are dropping the ball. There's all these leftists yeah. that are very, very, very tired of bullshit, very open and receptive to try new things, waiting to get scooped up. Right. And the Green Party's pulling four? 
Nationwide? Four. Damn. Four. Damn. What the fuck? In, in so, four states. There was something. There was something that Derek was saying, you know, much so many years. No, actually, uh, is it weeks now? It feels like it, we've been here for months, but it feels <laughs> it's but maybe years. Weeks. It was Rudy. Weeks ago. <laughs> uh, and so this is what um, he was saying. He was saying that maybe we should have a leftist get into the Green Party sort of uh, debates and all of that stuff and basically win it from within. And a lot of people were poo-pooing it. Um, and again, I'm not necessarily sure that they were wrong because I, it's, the thing is we, we might, we could have tried and then they might've spit us out, but at the well, same I think you're, time, I think you you're know, referring to infiltrating the libertarian party. I suggested libert- both. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying, yeah, infiltrating the libertarians and well, and now it seems like maybe it, it wouldn't have done too much harm. You know, um, but at the same time, who knows how much they would have been. You know, they, they might have antibodies. So that so in 2022, according to Ballotpedia, 2,422 major party candidates were on the primary ballot for 474 seats in U.S. Congress, including 989 Democrats. 40, almost 41% of all the major candidates who ran and 1,433 Democrats, I mean, Republicans, 1,433 Republicans or 59% of all the major party candidates who ran. So the Republicans are running more people. In Alaska, they had, um, they have a top four primary and then rank choice in November. And they will have a choice between three Republicans and a Democrat, and those will get ranked choice. And which means that, you know, they they drop the if nobody gets over 50 percent, they drop the candidate who had the least number of votes. And those votes get distributed to whoever the second choice was for for those people who voted for the person who got the least number of votes. And ideally, this is supposed to be more representative of the differing. We'll see what happens in November. I'm interested to see how it works in Alaska. And Maine is another one of the states that's doing that for their for their federal elections. Kind of frustrating. So, um, yeah, th- it's obvious to me Republicans are scooping up as many independents as they can. Libertarians are scooping up as many independents as they can. And uh, the Democratic Party is being ignored for obvious reasons by all kinds of Democrat or, or independents. And people on the left, leftists that are serious or claim to be serious, act like they're serious. Um, they're not scooping up any independents, right? They're, they're coming in with whatever independents. Because they want all the moderates. They're trying to get Republicans, I, aren't they? Yeah. Instead of, right. Instead of debate about how to get more independence, leftists are busy talking about trying to influence MAGA people. I, I, I don't even know where to start with you leftists. Holy shit. I mean, <laughs> wow. Watch it, mister. Who are you calling? You leftists. <laughs> oh, man. It's just tough. I'm just saying, as an independent, like 
I want to try to like steer lefts in the right direction. They can't hear me. They won't listen. They're so yeah. smart. They're so much more informed. And then when you when you uh, try to help, then what? You get accused of being a fucking op. So whatever. Our best, our best chance might be convincing the you know the independents that the leftists have something. You know, if the leftists won't move to the independents, maybe the independents will move to the leftists. But uh, the thing is, you know, that's the that's the space we're in. You know, we the or at least the, I don't know if I'm that kind of leftist, but suppose. I'll take it, right? We, the leftists, are sort of out here, the blind sort of leading the blind. But we're trying. The independents, where are they, these people? I don't know. There's one here trying to convince us that we're not doing it right. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Yeah. So unless you get a bunch of independents that are willing to listen to like 15-minute speeches by leftists nonstop, I mean, I, I would consider trying to reach out to them. Uh, as an independent, that's going to be tough for leftists. I get it, but still. Um, uh, I see. I, I definitely welcome, if anybody else would like to join the conversation, please feel free to call in. And I, I heard or I read uh, Josh said he's confused. And I don't know what you're confused about, but I'm more than happy to try and confuse you even more if you don't tell me what you're confused about, because that's generally the way that I go. <laughs> Jenny, welcome. In the show notes, there's a link to the Google Sheets that has a lot of the information about the federal congressional candidates that will be on the ballot in November. Um, all the primaries are now certified except in Louisiana because they have problems with their administering their elections and redistricting and all kinds of things going on down there. If you're interested in the kind of fun that happens in Louisiana, go ahead and check out what's going on there. Um, about a little more than half the states have, have had their deadline already passed for when the ballots get mailed out. So you should start looking for your ballot if you haven't already got it. Um, They do start going out. um, There's a whole bunch that go out on the 29th and then there's, and then there's about 14 other States that go out sometime between October 1st and the middle of October. So keep your eyes out for that. We are going to do a, a show on the ballot measures that are on ballots in the states where ballot measures are allowed. And I want to give a brief update. So today's sources were Ballotpedia. Uh, you can also get in good information at your own state's Secretary of State or similar office. Um, endorsements that are included on the spreadsheet include the National Committee for an Effective Congress, Elect Equality, which is about the ERA, the Sierra Club, and the League of Women Voters. And just quick brief labor update. So the if you've been to crowdsourcing the revolution before, you may have heard me talk about the National Union of Healthcare Workers strike going on with mental health care workers 
um, for Kaiser in California. They are starting their seventh week without pay, striking because the conditions are such that one mental health therapist has 2,600 patients. That's just impossible. They are completely understaffed and overworked, and it's not good for the patients or the workers. And I've gone down to their picket line. I was down there on Friday, last Friday. Oh, no, I was down there yesterday. Um, I'll be going down there again on Friday. Um, if you have any extra cash around, um, you can go to nuhw.org and donate to their strike fund. Um, seven weeks is a long time to be out, and they will not get, in case you don't know, they will not be paid for those seven weeks because um, that's the way it works when you go on strike. I also want to draw attention to the railworkersunited.org, which is a caucus of um, railroad rank-and-file workers in the various unions. Um, they are currently looking at their tentative agreement, and um, there's been some very good recent shows uh, by Brianna Joy Gray and RBN, um, and a few other folks in, in the left space, in the left media space, um, talking to actual workers. And there may still yet be a strike. I don't think that the problem has been averted yet. Uh, if you're interested in any of those things, please feel free to drop me a line. I really want to hear from folks because these are important things we need to get. We have, there's more of us than there are of them. So let's do something with the fact that there's more of us than there are of them and try and figure things out a little bit better. Would either of you and like to say maybe, something to close? Yeah. Yeah, let's maybe uh, go ahead and acknowledge those nationwide stats again. What was that, 60 libertarian candidates? Yep. 90 independent candidates and motherfucking four Green Party candidates. Yep. That's almost as many as the different um, legalized marijuana or legalized cannabis in Minnesota have. <laughs> they have three people. That. It's just a, <laughs> do a legalized fucking party then. It would be more effective overnight. <laughs> so and, bring your, and bring your ideas because this is the place to have ideas so we can try and do something better. Dear people that I love on the left, the people that I respect and admire on the left, the people I want to be allies on the left. Pay attention. Four Green Party candidates nationwide. Get the fuck out of here. Try to tell me ever again that it's not important to convert to convincing and reaching out to people, making better arguments. Go ahead. I double fucking dare you. to say something to close off oh and and then i'll take jaws call hate you amanda right hey jaw and then meet yourself and add to the conversation
Ah, sorry. Thing couldn't um wouldn't unmute. What's up, Amanda? What's up, done? Hey, Josh. What's up? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. I'm I'm really really interested in what Derek is saying. Um, I I guess I am not privy to what specifically you're talking about. I mean, I heard the stats about the Green Party, but like, what do you attribute that to specifically? Like, what? I'm sorry, I'm a little slow here on the uptake. I think part of it with the Greens is they don't take corporate money. It's mm -hmm. one of their things that they stick to. And so their coffers, as it were, are not as big as Libertarian. Also, looking at the um, looking at the spreadsheet and where those libertarians are. I mean, I think every single district in Alabama, there's a libertarian running in in the in the November election. Right. So I think they just put out more candidates. And and I mean, if if you're not aware of 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 um, the candidate from North Carolina, Ho, my, Michael, I think is his first name. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that, and, and, you know, it, it's, I don't know. Matthew, right? Yes. Matthew. Thank you. Matthew. Yes. Yeah. Now, now, Derek, just so you know, there are more people running for Senate in different parties also. So when I'm looking at, Senate, I've got, in addition to the four representative candidates, there's four Senate candidates, Hawaii, North Carolina, Oregon, and Pennsylvania. So the case that Derek was making, go ahead, Derek, I'm sorry. No, I, my bad. Yeah, no, I'm, I, okay, so... Okay, dreadfully low numbers on Green Party candidates out there. And let me get this straight. I guess I want to know who is advocating for not trying to convince who. I, that's the part I'm not clear about. Oh, uh, I think, well, I kind of think as a, base, as a baseline, changing somebody else's mind is extremely hard. So for one thing, changing, you know, convincing people to change their minds you more need to convince them they have to vote for something that's not the standard issue candidate, I think, rather than changing their mind, tell them why they should vote for this rather than not for a corporate party, maybe. What do you think, well, Derek? I sincerely hope that uh, people who see themselves as leftists don't walk away from what should be a lesson uh, in those numbers, a harsh, hard lesson. I hope they don't walk away thinking, well, we're doing everything right, because obviously this doesn't have anything to do with our ineffectual, you know, approaches to strategy. Uh, this has everything to do with libertarians taking billions of dollars and independence too, I guess, but I don't know why, kind of a thing. I mean, that ain't it. Plenty of Americans, plenty of independents especially, would love to to support a candidate with leftist uh, policies. 
that's not taking money from corporations. That's for fucking sure. Uh, so if, if like 90%, maybe 95, I don't know. It's hard to gauge if, uh, like 90% of people that consider themselves to be leftists of some variety, um, or progressives in a serious way or revolutionaries, you know, I mean, if, if their fallback is the green party, if they all agree that, well, we're not going to go Democrat. So I guess we're going to go green party. Right. And they just kind of shrug and walk away from any serious conversations about strategy and how to actually accomplish that. Improving yeah, those. Numbers. It seems like I mean, come across that quite a bit yeah. in some circles. And I'm, I'm really curious as to what those are. Cause I, I will I will say that I, maybe there's an absence of this critical conversation in what the strategy is, but I, right. I guess I haven't personally seen any like shrugging or I think people that's, have been pretty. That's what the absence. That's what the absence is. It's a shrugging. I see. Okay. It's the obviously everybody's going to magically fucking come to us kind of attitude. You oh, know, yeah. ooh, ooh, five child. hour conversations about the most detailed and informative aspects of foreign policy from 50 years ago, Uh (laughs) you know, and and little to no debate about how to best improve the numbers on the left to form stronger alliances with people. I mean, you know, like in absence of this space, this, this, this space where strategy should be discussed and taken seriously, you see people resorting almost in this pathetic desperation to the dumbest fucking shit ever. Like let's fucking talk to MAGA people and form an alliance. I mean, that's frustrating shit. You have an army out there and nobody get to them. So what you're defining as the main problem is I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Derek. I'm trying to like really zero into like specific. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't, I well, don't think no, it's not so that. Capable. It's, it's not that. I think, I think you're trying to, I think you are, excuse me, I think you are pointing at something that's very important. I'm just trying to really get a handle on it before I can bring it up to my friends, bring it up to the larger community, you know, bring it up to Bree, for instance. Um, I'm definitely going to have a chat about this with Bye. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's this is very interesting to me for that reason. So I'm just trying to make sure that I can re-explain it. Yeah. And I'm, to be fair, I'm going to sound I'm going to sound salty. I mean, because hearing four candidates is like getting punched in the gut after talking to all kinds of leftists for a long time. Everybody talking at once. Hang on one second. Oh, sorry, I couldn't hear Ja. My, my fault. Ja, you got real quiet. Ja, you got real quiet. Now you're silent. Are you there? Oh, I hear you. Oh, there it is. Gee whiz. Hello. Hello. It's the Bluetooth headphones that get you every time. Beautiful. Same here. Go ahead. Somebody else's response. Either, yeah, Amanda, Derek, somebody. Sorry, Derek, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Well, I I didn't really hear what you were saying for like 20 seconds or something. Um, But I was I was just, I think, before you started talking, 
I'm not sure, but I was going to say, uh, if I sound kind of salty, I, I kind of am, but yeah, that's fine. I don't take it personally, anybody, but hearing four candidates nationwide from the green party after being told that it was silly to focus on, you know, converting people and convincing people but which forever, people there, you know, which, all, because you're all saying kinds of people no MAGA, are like that it's maybe silly to be focused on MAGA, which makes somewhat sense to me. I have to sort of do more thinking about why that doesn't make so much sense strategically. But like what mm -hmm. people are we supposed to be supposed to be specifically targeting that are not being targeted? Well, in independents specifically and libertarians, as many people that identify as being libertarians as possible as well. MAGA I people. I mean, that's a very, very small segment of the population that's all in with the MAGA and the goofy hats and the nonsense. And you don't want to recruit those people anyway, especially out of the gates, because those are some of the dumbest people walking the planet. They're not going to help you make arguments out there. Independents are. Libertarians are. But not dumb fuck MAGA people. But also, right. you don't need to... I mean... Sorry, go ahead, John. What about libs? What do you think about uh, trying to get <laughs> libs over here? Well, libs, yeah, but not Democrats. I think that's an, an important distinction people on the left need, need to start making. Um, if you're going to tran transfer or convert people, um, you need to denounce Democrats and Republicans, but make it clear that you're not denouncing liberals or progressives. They're not the same thing. Democrats are just Democrats, just like Republicans are not conservatives. They're just Republicans. Sure. You can recruit people if you respect their inner core belief system. If it's real, if it's solid, you can get them. Can but I if you if you denounce their core belief system, like people that take pride in being liberals, li liberal has taken a beating as a word. Right. But deep down, that means you have a lot of people that are considering themselves to be liberals means you're considering yourself to be somebody that's a fan of democracy, uh, that's a, a fan of human rights, that's a fan of uh, all kinds of great, super special things that are consistent with leftist values. Yeah. So bashing liberals isn't smart fucking strategy. Bashing Democrats is, though. Hmm. So, so, so I, Ja, I really appreciate your questions and your uh, your your attempts to understand because I think that's what we're all kind of grasping at right now is 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 and and it's 420 which means I just uh, it's about time for me so um but what I I very much think is important is we continue to talk about these things and how we can get there because I think that um we don't need to be converting people we need to be creating alliances because then it's not about you're wrong, change your mind so you agree with me. It's more, look, we agree on these things. Right, but, but convert them into allies. That's yes, where I'm going. And there's, yeah. there's different kinds of allies. There's solid allies that you have standing side by side. And then there's allies that are good for different uh, uses, uh, like a libertarian that's against, uh, you know, uh, censorship, right? Show up at the same fucking rallies. Cool. Have right? to get the spreadsheet that. Yeah. But you're right there. You're right. But as far as like strong, a strong alliance with as many people as possible where you do stand by side, side by side, that's independence waiting for you. And a, a big chunk of libertarians too. 
Okay. Well, lastly, Derek, I will just say this. I'm infinitely curious about um, what you would say would be a good strategy for a finding independence and finding spaces to communicate with them in for the purposes that we're all, you know, sort of striving for. Um, but yeah, Amanda, thank you uh, yeah. for having me up here. Shout out to Jenny, super vulnerable, super cool that you're um, here being honest about your journey. Really enjoyed hearing that. Um, and I'm sorry, Derek, what, were you gonna say something? No, I was just, uh, I was gonna say that's beautiful. That's music to my ears. Uh, that's the next level kind of conversation that needs to be happening, you know? I love it. I'm here for it, Derek. And thank you for having this conversation with me as well. Yeah, right on. Life is so much better when we're together. Thank you, Jenny, for calling in. And I wish you all the best. I'll be back on Saturday. I'm sure I'll show, I'm sure I'll see some of you. Um, if you didn't catch the last um, um, unredacted with Q and Aaron Mate was filling in, they had a very interesting conversation about the MAGA communism thing that was, that was a different take from what I was expecting to hear. And I, do dissidents also gave a different than what I was expecting to hear critique of the MAGA communism conversation that's been going on. So if you look at the show notes, there, there is a podcast pairing because in just about within two weeks of each other, there um, the Democracy Project and Citations Needed put out um, both put out an episode about the gerontocracy, which is we are we are ruled by old fucks, and it's interesting because it's two different perspectives on that issue of the old people in charge. Have a great day. Happy four twenty. And I will talk to Kumbaya, Rudy. Kumbaya. <laughs> Let's go see what Katie Halps is talking about. Yes. I thought Biden was doing a show too, isn't 445. he? 445. Oh, hell yeah. Yep. It's a good day on Tuesday, sir. <laughs> All right. Good one. Cool, cool, cool. Later, y'all. Peace. <laughs>